Your Dracula motherfucker, the taste of your lips are bullshit. Hello and welcome back to Girls Talk Comics. This is not technically my episode, but who even follows fucking formats anymore? I'm your lieutenant of literature, Jessica. And I'm your master of mediocrity, Erin. And today we're talking about a creator, Alex yeah. DeCampi. And I think Alex is exclusively an author, correct? Ah, but no, she does more. All right, everybody. I I normally do more. try to do, I won't say robust research, but research. And Alex DeCampi is somebody who a quick Google search kind of just regurgitates the same information. So you know what? Props to her for living probably a rather private life. Um Anyway, according to her Wikipedia page, Alex DeCampi is a British-American music video director, comics writer, and columnist. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So she's not exclusively a writer. She also directs music videos. Which is super badass. And I feel like you can kind of see that in the way that she lays out her comics. I think so, too. I don't know. Disclaimer. I only read Dracula Motherfucker, and I read half of Twisted Romance, which is a comics anthology that she, like, was the main name on and did most of the writing on, but, like, has a lot of other female creators. And then this is kind of, like, leading around to the question that I wanted to ask you, which is, do you force yourself to read everything when you start something? Like, in anthologies or in regular books or in... Like comics, do you force yourself to read all of the things, or like, will you skip some shit if it's if it's not your your deal? I'll skip shit. Shit, I will. I have no shame in identifying that a story is not for me. Sometimes I'll go back. For example, I have an anthology, kind of a historical anthology about Victorian murders. And I don't really care about all of them. So I pick and choose which one I read. And that's, I don't think, that's kind of like the point of anthologies, right? Like you can pick and choose what you read and you can experience new art and shit. Like the the point is to get a fucking sub, like cross section of creatives. I like, I like comics anthologies much more than I like most other kinds of anthologies. Because I think I mentioned this to you offline, but... I really hate and have a hard time following magazine layouts for like texts. Like if there's a long interview in a magazine or like classic, like blocked with like quotes and all that. I can't do it. I can't do it because I get distracted by the quotes and then I can't. And I'm like, I need to know where the quote is in the story. And then like, I, I need to be able to see as long as possible you know, like on my phone or Kindle, whenever I'm reading, I always have it horizontally so I don't have to stop and do the typewriter thing and readjust my attention on the line below. And it's just a nightmare for me. So I forced myself to read one and then I just skipped all of the large blocks of texts, which <laughs> I was okay with because, well, this is a 2018 anthology that got all sorts of like hype reviews or whatever. So I'm not afraid to say that like I really enjoyed 90% of this that I read but like the stories felt like magazine short stories if that makes sense like not quite fan fiction risky enough but like kind of the same way of writing at least the first one that I read 
So then I was like, okay, well, uh, I understand what the flow is here. And I get that there's probably going to be some fun stuff in these, but the format is just not for me. So maybe if I wanted to play around with like the reader, because sometimes the readers will do like a single line for you, mm-hmm. you know, like, have you played with that on your phone any for like Kindle and stuff where it's like, gives you every word. I hate that so much, but like if you can play with it and come up with phraseology or whatever, but it's like watching, do you do this on comics? Cause they give you the option to go panel by panel. Do you do that? Or do you do full spread? What do you read on your phone or device? Oh, it depends on which app I'm using. Um, if I'm using Comixology, it goes panel by panel. And if I'm using Nook, Nook, I go full page and I'll just zoom in. I am not going to lie. I kind of hate the panel by panel. I guess it depends on what I'm reading, but a lot more modern stuff kind of defies traditional panel use. And I find that Comixology's panel by panel view is just really fucking annoying when you have like a polyhedral like it's fucking all angles and shit or there's no frame and then they put you in the wrong text order (laughs) it's just like sir sir and or madam programming this fucking machine (laughs) like no i don't know i don't know it just depends i i like doing the full page person doing this to me fuck off yeah i like doing the full page just so i can kind of yeah me too actually do what i want to do don't tell me what to do it does make sense. Don't control how I consume media. Hoopla kind of gives you both options. I don't like the panel by panel. I never I never use the panel by panel, but I do use the zoom in option a lot. But then I get really frustrated whenever it's kind of not super easy to get out of the zoomed in so that you can flip the page. Like, I kind of miss the days of the Kindle whenever there was an actual physical button on the side of the Kindle to make the page go forward. So, like... In a perfect world, I would have the zoom in function and the button so that I could be as zoomed in as I want to be and still flip the page. But that's just, you know, like to, to the people who make devices, help a girl out. Help. Help a girl, a girl out. out. Diversify your machine's reading experiences. But I really enjoyed Twisted Romance and I really like Dracula Motherfucker. I, I don't know how I felt about... It was just so concise, Dracula Motherfucker was. And I felt like it would have done well if it had, like, a two-volume run, maybe. Because there was just, like, I just felt like I was missing a little bit of detail that I'd wanted. His immediate reaction to the wives kind of threw me off, like, a little bit. So he just immediately fucks with this vigilante person that came... I mean, I don't know. Like, it was just... (laughs) It just felt really abrupt at that one point. Like, did this person in this universe are vampires, like, a, a horribly kept secret? Like, how did he know immediately that he was in trouble? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just, like, an implication that he was very street smart. But, like, I just wanted just a little bit more. How did Bella Swan know? I know. I know. There's just a, some... It was a, unnatural. I mean, for God's sake, vampires in that universe fucking sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a little bit more detail about the characters, you know, like I, I am very spoiled for my in-depth character analysis. So I was like, ah, like sometimes you just have to accept what you're told. Yeah, that was not the vibe of the show. The vibe of the show was very pulpy and like bing, bang, boom. I'm surprised I didn't do like action panels with the pals. 
mm. almost like I wouldn't have put it past him and I think it would have fit into the style and it was really fun because it's it's so different from what I normally read and I know you read Dracula motherfucker so yeah and I'm really glad you read it too because I didn't know about this until I was trying to do my research to prepare for this and I saw an interview where Alex and Erica were asked what was the impetus for the book and Alex said some Twitter train chain, I guess, where someone was like, what would be if you were going to name your vagina after some famous monster or difficult being or whatever, what would yours be? And she said, Dracula, motherfucker. And it was like the, the stars aligned. And I love that. Love that. <laughs> So is the vagina named Dracula or Dracula motherfucker? You know, that's only something that she could answer and we could only wonder. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I also feel like an extreme nerd that that was my first question. No, I thought it too. <laughs> like, okay. I guess just whatever feels right in the moment, right? You're also a nerd though. First name Dracula, middle name comma, last name motherfucker. So if you're going to full name it or not. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feels right. And you're right. It does matter in the moment. Because sometimes my cat's name is Dobby. And sometimes I call him Sir Dobbykins. Yeah. You know, like that's just it's just what feels good. I meant my cat, not my vagina. No, 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 no. I'm going to make it weird. I'm going to make it weird. But can you imagine? Can you okay. just imagine? Uh, like, let's say your vagina was named Dracula, comma, <laughs> motherfucker, or Sir Dobbykins. <laughs> Or Dobimus the Great the Third, you know, just some like weird, yeah, like, you know how you call it a nickname when you're affectionate, but then whenever it's like in trouble, you say the long name. So can you imagine just being there and be like, oh, my little Dracky is so happy. Or like, um, when you're having a rough day, you're like, Dracula, comma, motherfucker, like get your shit together. Like, just imagine that situation where you're like Dobby's feeling great and then you're like Dobby Miss oh my god. <laughs> yeah Dobby oh Miss god. Samson the Great like Jackie Jackie <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where my mind oh, went no. with it oh my god if you were to reprimand your vagina <laughs> what would that you know which we all have to do sometimes but honestly, that's what wears me out when people name their body parts. Like when people make those jokes about like people with penises naming their penises. I'm yeah. like, that's really weird. Because what do you do? Like what kind of diminutive pet name do you give your penis? And then what kind of punish? How, did, how does your penis know you're mad at it? What do you, what do you call it when you're mad at it? It's just really, uh, how do you discipline your penis? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so also... When there's a name for a penis, you know, like, women get in trouble for using the fun little nicknames. <laughs> because, like, the fun little nicknames imply baby talk, and baby talk implies smallness. And we know from traditional toxic masculinity tropes that men do not like things that are supposed to be strong and fertile and phallic. <laughs> phallic. They don't like phallic accorded with cute. <laughs> phallic is not cute. Even though sometimes, as a lady who is a heterosexual, I sometimes think the phallic pieces are cute. I'm like, yeah, that's adorable. If you, like, you want me to feel that way, right? Like, because then that means I'm attracted to it, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's always weird to me when people get offended about that shit. And I'm like, but you want me to like it. It's same as with when, like, 
this the straight white males are like oh you vaginas and you're like i thought that was yeah. your bag like i thought that was no, what you liked I, like I, if that's not if that's not what you like that's fine but why are you making it weird like toxic masculinity is weird <laughs> why do you want it both ways yeah it's really yeah. hashtag toxic masculinity yeah i mean like i get not liking it i don't exactly like it but that's because that's not my bag. I don't know. Okay, but to kind of bring it back around, I guess, um, Toxic Masculinity is still the name of the game in Dracula Motherfucker because Dracula's a motherfucker. Like, it's Dracula true. is not a Dracula, he comma, is. motherfucker, angry at your vagina kind of bad guy. He's a, I've used and abused and threw away women that I've manipulated and permanently changed to be like me. And those women are like, fuck you, I'm taking control of the narrative, which is why I loved this book, actually, for as short as it is. And I wonder if that's kind of, was kind of a publishing thing, if there were some things behind the scenes that limited that option. I do love that it was hardcover. I have a hardcover. It's very, very nice. Oh, you do? I think that would add to the ambiance of it. I think that really would. Because I gotta say, it is a really fun comic. Like, I love the way that they draw Dracula. Because it's like, I am as guilty as the next person of being like way no horny bonk for all of the big bad guys. I saw a Twitter post the other day that was like, could you imagine if the first trilogy of Star Wars happened today? Like the whole internet would be horny as hell and be like daddy post and they'd have all this fan art of him like anime, like hero, hottie. And then the last movie happens and they take off the helmet and it's just this crusty old bloated white guy <laughs> with like shit attached to his head. Oh, how terrible would that have been? Like, I would have been crushed. <laughs> but anyway, I like that they didn't give me that ambiance to fall into. Like, I really appreciated that because then I was able to just sort of separate myself from the horny bonkiness. Oh, it's really gross that the centuries old guy is like predatory and he's all of these young mm-hmm. wives and, you know, like starts yelling things like harlot and whore as soon as he like things don't go his way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also there's another story by Alex DeCampi that was in this toxic love twisted romance. That's what it's called. No, it has... It, Oh God, what's the, I want to find the name of it so I can credit the artist. Sorry, that's what's taking me a little While bit. While you're looking for um, that, I want to credit the artist of Dracula Motherfucker again. I believe it's Erica Henderson. Fucking killing it with her style. Very. Killing it. Fucking just, I don't know, just cool, I guess. I have one of her hoodies with like a skull that's kind cool of falling apart. And I think it's called Migraine and I resonate with it because that's what it's like when I have migraines. You have those. Good you relate it it but it's like a fairy tale uh short story and it has a really fun like you know the cardboard cut out uh kind of art when they have little like shadow box like paper theater mm-hmm. like puppets yeah yeah it's called treasured by alex de with the art by trungles and it's a very average looking princess about to be introduced to society fucks off into the woods because she doesn't like wearing stupid dresses and being average looking and a snake is like you have a heart of a bird and i have the heart of a dragon and if you kiss me like everything will be okay so she kisses him and he's like now i am mighty again and you are my treasure and then it's just like a toxic relationship like it starts off you get like two 
two panels, like one page of them having a good time together. And then the next page is like the relationship has disintegrated. They're not doing anything fun anymore. He's very protective of her, like won't let her talk to anyone. And the spider gives her the key and is like, I can't save you. I'm just a spider, but here's a key. And then the dragon like flips out on the spider and it's like, I was going to take you outside today, but then you had to go do this. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I mean, like I got the metaphor before, but now I really get the metaphor. <laughs> like this is not being subtle. <laughs> this is quickly resolved though, because like the next panel, she just keeps walking. And then like, eventually the dragon kind of sees stars and becomes like pale gray. And then he keeps like screaming like you've taken advantage of me and then and then she giggles at him and he's like what because the snake has crawled back out of the corpse of the dragon basically she's like you're just a snake and then like goes on and fucks off and has a happy little life and then like it's like yeah the spider was actually a prince and so now we're gonna go have some fun and dance with an old friend and i was like aw, but then i was thinking to myself no the parallels are strong here and I really enjoy it that over the course of a pretty illustrious career, because Alex has her fingers in a lot of different stories whenever we Googled, whenever I Googled her. I mean, like mostly because this anthology has a lot of her in it, but I mean, you know, like you, you see her in a lot of different places. Being able to see the same author kind of like go back to the same themes, mm -hmm. you know, and keep hitting them and reprising them, variations and stuff. I really enjoy it. I really do, because it gives you like a feel for the author as a, like a little bit as like an individual which i sometimes struggle with whenever we do these creator spotlights because it's like ugh, i'm supposed to make like a like like oh yeah i see this one piece of yours and i'm going to like talk about how you do things overall and it's not i can't do it i gotta like just focus on one piece because i just that's fair yeah i can't do it actually there is another story of hers um that I really want to read. Uh, I remember when it came out and I was I was really like, oh, that's cool. But I never picked it up and I can't remember why. I think I was waiting for the trade. We only ever got like one in and it was gone immediately. Or it's because I was in grad school, which is my catch-all perfect excuse for not reading anything. But I got to tell you about this book. I think it sounds amazing. I think you would love to read it too. You ready? Mm -hmm. It's a Dark Horse Comics title. Archie from Archie Comics versus Oh, Predator. I saw those. Yeah. There's so many of them on Hoopla. Collected even. She does the first and second miniseries. I think that sounds like really freaking fun. It does. It really does. I was actually, like, because it is on Hoopla, I was tempted. But then I was like, mm, no, because then I'm going to get hooked up in some Archie bullshit because I have opinions on Archie because it, I mean, like, in terms of continuity, like... It's one of the more soaked in continuity, like, properties that I am invested in. I don't know how this happened. Probably because of the Riverdale thing. <laughs> like, they re they restarted it, and I read the comic for a while, and then I watched the first, like, most of the first season before I got real bored, and Riverdale, Riverdale got real weird, and I realized why I never watched any of the C CW stuff, or, like, 90210, because I just am not... Not entertained. Riverdale was weird from the start. I mean, yes, but I got less interested. The teacher was a pedophile. Yes. And no one but talked about that. No one talked about it. I really enjoyed Sabrina, but then I also got bored of Sabrina. And I think I'm just like not into the format of it. Like I really am all about YA books. Like I can't quit you YA books, but for some reason I can't fuck with the televised version of that. I don't know if it's because I don't like looking at actual children or like 20 somethings pretending to be tw children. 
or like hearing voices saying the things makes me realize that it's really fucking obnoxious for the things that they're saying. I don't know. I don't think they're filmed well or written well. Yeah, they got that they got that soap opera thing. Oh, and that's the other thing. Sometimes cinema is just too clear. Does that make sense? Like it always felt like the really clear stuff feels like soap operas. Am I the only one? No, like I... what it feels like that HD yeah. stuff, like I don't know. I, I I don't know what it is about it. I think I agree. But I think that could be saved for one of our episodes in season three, which we will tell listeners about at the end of this episode. I want to go back to Dracula, motherfucker. Oh, oh, right. I was just talking about Riverdale and the reason that I skipped it was because of the. I'm sorry. I I now remember what we were talking about. (laughs) My bad. But yeah, the Riverdale, I like I didn't do Archie versus Predator because I wanted to focus on Alex DeCampi, which I just got distracted like I thought I was going to. So there, I just proved my point. (laughs) My point is proven. I, I still think it's hilarious <laughs> that you care about the continuity of the Archieverse so much that you're not going to read <laughs> Archieverse's Predator. <laughs> like, that cracks me up. I, I know there is a subset of the population, but that's fucking funny. No, no, I will. I just wasn't going to read it for this episode. Um, you should read Vampironica also. Like, uh yeah, I totally want to now that I know that it exists because that sounds yeah, amazing. I just think it I just I want the takeaway to be for this episode that Jess cares so much about Archie continuity that an Archie continuity exists in some capacity <laughs> that people didn't read Archie versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to find the people who care enough about Predator that they're like, fuck you. He wouldn't fight Archie. Oh, but honestly, yeah. that's a little bit more believable. I guess it depends on how it ends. If Archie wins, but even that kind of fits in the verse of the. Okay, does Archie feel like a co- like a comic for ladies or for dudes to you? Like, I mean, like traditionally, do you think that feels like a dude comic or a lady comic? Because I I thought it always felt like a lady comic to myself. I try to not accept the gendered norms of comics. But I mean, like, I felt like a dude's comic to me growing up is oh, what I, I mean. It was and then, like, accessible. looking back on it now as an adult. Yeah. Betty and Veronica were much more advertisable characters than Archie ever fucking was. Uh, The only reason I cared about Archie versus Predator was Predator. That's a good point. So you and I are coming at this from very different directions. (laughs) If it was like Betty versus Predator or Betty and Veronica versus Predator, I would have been all over that shit. Like white on rice. I would have been like done buying it, buying the t-shirts, buying the pants, buying the NFTs. Let's fucking go Betty and Veronica versus Predator. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, like, but it just seems like such a toxic, like, lady narrative now that I think about it. Like, Betty and Veronica fight over Archie of all people? I don't know. I like the narrative that they're lesbians. Yeah, that'd be better. I want that comic book. But yeah, no, Dracula Motherfucker is... Or we could do an OTP. OTP? I mean, that's an OTP for a lot of people. O3P. Let's be real. I mean, mean, O3P. Yeah, with, you know, people are poly now. Do they even need to fight? Exactly. Y'all permanently in high school. No one getting pregnant? Let's go. Get fictional characters. Yeah. That was really fucking (laughs) weird of me. I was going to say, patently false. (laughs) Patently false, but I love it. I love that in your, like, version of the universe, high school means you can't get pregnant. No, I I thought in their stories, like, no one ends up knocked up like in their universe in the comics not riverdale i mean no, I maybe no that's weird 
to think about. I mean, like, I don't even know that they have sex canonically. Like, that's a really good point because that's also really uncomfortable to think about with high schoolers. I mean, you got to be aware that it's happening, but like, I don't want to talk about it. I know, like, <laughs> not, not my bag. In T ways, Dracula motherfucker is the girl gang beautiful revenge story that I I don't know that I enjoy. It was thrilling, you know. For me, at least, because I was like, yeah, fucking taking yeah. revenge against their abusers. And not only are they taking revenge, but they're coming together and forming their own family. Where they're like, we are othered. We are distinct from the rest of the world. Literally, they're vampires. And so we're going to come together to support each other. And take out the dude who fucked us over. I'm like, yes, destroy him. Okay, so... So when you were saying that, the first thing that came to my mind was, and they seized the means of production. And they seized the means of the production. <laughs> this is the girl gang communist <laughs> revenge dream. <laughs> oh no! That's I. Okay, that's it. That's the wrap on season three. Have fun, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your lives. <laughs> that's, that's it. We're done. <laughs> We're going to end on that note. The girl gang <laughs> communist revenge. Revenge communist. Seize the means of production. Make your oh, own no. Dracula husband. But hope, yeah. Hopefully oh, in a consensual man. way and you know, respect him forever. That character design, though, for Dracula is so strong. Like, it's interesting. It's distinct. But then it also conveys information to you later whenever wives show that they've also got those powers for themselves. Mm -hmm. Kind of implies that the number of eyes you have is because of the number of progeny you have. Like, I don't know. Like, the whole thing is just... it, It coded so much information in so little... I mean, just just in something that was going to be there anyway. I think it's neat when people do comics well. Just small technical things like that. But it's also one of the things that makes reading comics so hard for me. Like, such a slow thing for me. Not really hard, but such a slow thing for me. And also, can I just say how ironic it is to me that I have such a hard time reading comics whenever comics are traditionally a way that you, like, help people who have a hard time reading. Like, you can use it for people who struggle with reading. And then I have the re- I have the inverse problem. It just feels ironic. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think? It's like <laughs> Which probably means that it's not actually ironic. <laughs> because nothing in that song is, and that's how I've coded irony my whole life. Elena <laughs> Spores that ruined that word for me. The irony. Of the irony. The ironic song. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so... Alex, Alex DeCampi, Erica H- Henderson just freaking killed it with mo- with motherfucker Dracula. Dracula, comma, motherfucker. I love this book and I hope other people read this book or have read this book. And I hope other people just celebrate Alex DeCampi and everything that she brings. And I really would like somebody to go on an Archie versus Predator reading journey with us. Um, certainly since this is our last episode of season two. We have a couple months before we'll be coming back. Yeah. I guess, do we want to talk about what season three might look like? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. We have some pretty fun stuff that we are, we've decided to treat ourselves because everything was too heavy. Okay. Just too heavy. Yeah. So 
We are replacing some of our lineup. We don't have book club anymore. But what we have instead is manga media mashup. Which is what it sounds like. We take some manga and then we take some media and we kind of like talk about. Stir it in a pot. Yeah. Make a make a roux. <laughs> A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm watching anime. You're reading manga. We're doing yeah. we're doing media. Make a little po' boy, whatever's left yeah. on the grill. And yeah, we're yeah. gonna just. That's really southern of you. Andrew. I'm so hungry. <laughs> and how do you make po' boys now? I don't know. <laughs> uh, now I need to know. I'm gonna be googling that later. So yeah, we have the manga media mashup. Book club is being retired for now, but I, I don't know. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. Who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll be hit with the spirit again, or somebody will suggest a theme that we just can't we can't quit. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm still gonna be reading bullshit YA stuff in the background. So same word. And we've decided to go back to our roots. Erin, you want to talk about how we're doing that? Sure. So we have very much enjoyed the Creator Spotlight episodes that we've been doing, but sometimes it is more difficult to find information about creators and, you know, more than others or less than others. And it does limit us on what we talk about. You know, it feels a little weird to kind of make suppositions about creators and just kind of talk about their history and try to talk about their particular bibliography is that the word yeah so what we're going to do is now just have two episodes a month about books we're going to talk about books more comic books not prose books so we're actually yeah like we're going to talk about manga anime and comics more i would also like to talk about one other change that we're going to make the interviews have been an absolute blast having guests on to talk about things has been great getting to meet people and talk to writers and artists and just kind of learn more. I just don't know if it's something that we can really like sustain. Our podcast is very casual. It's very fun. It's very much a hobby that we do and are just really glad when anybody gives us a download. That being the case, sometimes the demand that comes, the reality, I guess, for comic writers and artists is that they really need to have quicker access to presenters and getting their word out. We can't really provide that. So what we're going to do in season three or what we're going to call panels. Maybe sometimes we'll have a guest. It'll be kind of like an interview. Maybe sometimes we'll just have a topic that we talk about that's comics related or media related. And so we can deep dive into something. And so there still might be an interview or two, but we're going to definitely change the course. That's just our way of being able to sustain our hobby and have a good time still. I I like having fun. Same. Plus, it kind of like is our way of being like, hey, look, we're like a sophomore podcast, but conventions aren't happening right now for us. So why don't we just make our own damn convention panels that we're going to talk about shit That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Because. Because we can. And also, like, the panels that we want to talk about. Yeah, like, sometimes you just want to rant about, like, something in the industry or in the fandom. Yeah. I was once a panelist for Constructing Languages, like, con Conlang. I was I was on a conling panel and that was super fun until I, like, basically was like, yeah, but nobody's actually going out there and, like, 
going to try to memorize this so you can just make stuff up as you go because it reflects the way that language actually evolves and it would introduce irregulars a little bit more naturally into the way that you're doing things but i didn't articulate it quite that well so basically i was like because nobody actually goes and learns these languages unless you have like a full dictionary later you know like so for your first book like it doesn't really matter and they're like crickets across the board because that's exactly what all of these people in the panel are like trying to get information for because they obviously care but my point was just simply to like don't let it keep you from writing yeah. you know like it is secondary to actually writing the process of writing is more important and not having everything perfect is actually good for language because irregulars exist across the board even in esperanto where it was supposedly not supposed to exist anyway I've grown a lot since then. It's been 10 years, but I've still like to this day, I remember the looks I got from everybody like it validated myself as a panelist. Like immediately everybody was like, this bitch don't know what she's talking about. Well, I'm really going <laughs> to enjoy us having an audio panel where we're not going to see each other's faces. <laughs> and so there's just judgment-free zones. <laughs> judgment-free zones. But I do want to give just a major shout out to our listeners. Um, I think at the end of season one, we talked about things we learned and things that we want moving forward. And um, I kind of learned that like listeners are just really generous people. Like you're giving us some of your time every time you hit a download. And that's just really fucking cool. And I would like more feedback and interaction. And so I'm going to find a great way to get you all to give back so we can grow with you. Yeah. Do more of the things that we like that you like and do less of the things that we're doing that you don't like. I mean, within we reason, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you can't tell us to just talk about something that's not comics because that's not going to happen. But, you know, within reason, we'll try. <laughs> and also... I'm going to try hard to get back to taking notes because right now my stream of consciousness is not up to snuff. Mommy brain has got me hard. I got to start writing shit down again. Because <laughs> for a while, it really felt like we'd hit our stride with like just like really feeling out how we felt about the media and like like going down the rabbit holes of how our brains were thinking. But honestly, I don't know if my brain can be trusted right now. First of all, because I'm squirreling out way too much. And second of all, because like, the way that we were doing it just got so damn depressing. Right. <laughs> like maybe, maybe we need yeah. gentle guidance away from the darkest corners of our psyche. So yeah, you know, that's a, that's a shout out to listeners. Yeah. If we don't catch ourselves being like we're really sad all the time in our topics, can y'all just like occasionally be like, "What's up? You're doom and gloom over there," and you know, hopefully, we'll change our tune. Are, are you yeah, drinking like, water? You taking your mud? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm excited for a few months off. We'll be back in February, I think, is our plan to come back for season three. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm excited to rest and to catch up on the media that we're going to talk about and really just come in swinging for February, just the best that we can be. Seconded. So, dear listeners, thank you so much for being here. And if you're going to miss us over the next four months, you can Thank always you. find us on the Twitters, the Facebooks, or on Discord for Girls Talk Comics and Community is our Discord channel. And I'm usually there just saying weird stuff, much like on Twitter. <laughs> Unless she gets thrown in time out again. <laughs> yeah. That lasted a long time. This time, by the way, lasted a whole like five minutes. <laughs> I'm also there sometimes to comment and shit post. Yeah. So he just 
look for me at this is a thing guys yeah. uh yeah our twitter handle is girls talk comic one facebook is out there if you want to help us invest in a super amazing season three you could or feel like gifting us the power of purchasing a comic we do have a kofi or co- coffee you could also commission in Kofi. Kofi. You can also commission intentionally bad art from <laughs> the one, the only, the me, the master of mediocrity. And it's beautiful, horrible artwork. Oh my God, it's so bad. And I love it so much. But yeah, you can always do that too. And we'll be back. Peace. It's a promise. It's a threat. <laughs> Bye. Bye. When you said that, I thought you were going to start singing the song again. <laughs> you just took that huge breath and I was like, it's like rage. <laughs> I was going to have to join you. <laughs> Girls talk comics and sing karaoke.